that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.com and of course the tote.co.uk all the way, all the way through the national hunt season 22-23. Uh, uh, Demo Nolan is back. Demo, how are you? Hello, Dina. How's things, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You've been away, but fair play. I've it's, been away. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, Darren Hughes Darren Hughes called you out on uh, last week's pod for being off pretending to work. Yeah, and fair you play. know what? That is fair, being over there. Um, it's an industry of spoofers, Dean, as we all know, so I had to uh, yeah. I had to take my rifle space amongst my, um, my spoofing brethren, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoofing it with the best of them, <laughs> uh, like, like myself. Which is fine. Uh, yeah, so welcome back, Damon. Good to have you back. Um, I can also tell you that Gary Connolly is here. Gary, how are you? Hey, folks. How's it going? Very good, Gary. Good to have you back on the race hour. Um, it was a very good debut you had on here before, so we're looking for a few more pearls. Although, you know, they don't all, not all frogs turn at the princess. No, and, uh, you know, we, Yeah, no, I know. That's fair enough. Uh, Keen Kirby is back. Keen, how are you? Very good, thanks, Dean. Just one one now to the Cheltenham Festival, so um, time's flying. Yes, man. Yes, indeed. It is getting towards the business end of it. On this week's podcast, we will talk about a few of the things that happened uh, last week in a relatively quick um, time, I'd say. We'll go through John Bond, go through Blazing Cow. Uh, we'll probably talk about Lucia as well. And I think Dermot wants to get something off his chest about one of his favourite journalists, Paul Kimmage. So we'll do that as well. And then after the break on this week's race out, uh, we'll get stuck into a bit of anti-post action, of course, because... The pitchers after the DRF and after um, a few runners there at the weekend are all changing, aren't they? And we've got the Ryanair, the champion chase. We'll have a quick look at the Gold Cup. We'll talk about how far Impervious is going to win the 2023 Mayor's Chase by and uh, a little eye on the weekend ahead where you will see, of course, I think the Ryanair winner. But that's all to come on the podcast. All right, why don't we get stuck in? Uh, Demo, you can you can kick us off because uh, we did see um, John Bond. And if you stop the race halfway, um, anti-post tickets were going in the bin. 100% um, wasn't his best performance by any means, but I, there was a massive overreaction to this on Racing Twitter, Dean. Ridiculously overreaction. Totally was, yeah. Um, yeah. Last year before Cheltenham, he had similar tweets about him when he, when he just about got home at Haydock. He, he would have been left with a bit of work to do. But more so than that, I, I said last week that we kind of I wanted to see him make a few mistakes here. Um, not sure he made a whole lot of mistakes here, but he, he was going a small bit wayward a few fences. The beauty of that is that that's a real learning point for all of them. I think Aiden Coleman kind of, I think he half let the race get away from him to maybe find out a bit more. Now that might be giving Aiden Coleman a small bit, but a small bit too much praise. I've no money in this market at all. I think sometimes the overreaction comes from the fact that people might have backed El Fabiolo and they're happy to take on John Bond again. I think it was huge overreaction. Yeah, he wanted to stamp on his grave before four weeks before the race. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that! Look at that! He's rubbish. And it was just, it was. It was a massive overreaction. He was shaking up basically after three out. He got there two out and then he flew home. We now know properly what he's like under the pump, although we know that from Aintree last season anyway. We know that he jumps well. El Fabiola made mistakes at Leperson. Much better race. Of course, it was an awful lot better race. But still, John Bond's jumping for me is better. He It's his first time he's looked like he's kind of was going slightly right. Now, that's a 
tiny semblance of something that would be annoying, but I still think that Aiden Coleman was pretty much letting him run free and that that'll be easily fixed. He, he has never shown that before. Um, so I, that's just not an over, over concern for me. I think we'll know exactly where Jambon is four weeks from now, but like as far as warming up goes, it's like a friendly for a Premier League team. The result doesn't really matter as long as you win. And I think that's all, all that that was. And we learned a little bit more about him that, that even in adversity, he, he can pull something out. So, yeah, Dean, look, I was actually happy with that with John Bond. And I just think he's, um, he's still the one to beat, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I'd be more confident after that. It's almost like he was just dusting along in there. And Harry Skelton put the, the foot on the accelerator before it was necessary. And they were like, what was that? Oh, hold on, I'll come and catch you. And he did. And he caught him with ease, as he should do. 100%. Yeah, I'd have no problem with that. Um, I thought it was a a perfectly good run. But good luck if you're on other things. Um, The ARCA was shaping up. Perhaps not quite a two-horse race, but the market does does suggest that that's what we're going to get. But they are good too. And they were supporting uh, runners in there, like to dice out Dynamo and stuff, just to add a little bit of intrigue. I think it's going to be a good ARCA. Gary, talk to me about a horse that's been mentioned on this podcast many, many a time so far this season. Um, Blazing Cal, who I think the market told you had absolutely no chance at the weekend. Yeah, um, I was out there. I was out there just having a look at him. Uh, big fan of the horse last year. Um, in saying that, the market, the SP was probably surprising, but there was a big late meal from um, on the exchange. He was near touching 10 and he returned about five. So um, they got the money on just as the tapes were lifting, it looks like. Um, had a look at him, went down to have a look at him in the ring. He looks straight enough to me now. Um, there wasn't there wasn't much condition on him. Um, I only saw TV pictures, Gary, but he looked ready to run. Like I thought he looked pretty lean. He did, he did. Like the people saying he'll come on massive amounts. I'm not sure. Um, he he looks straight enough, but you could. It was hard to knock the performance. It was very impressive. Like he's just a proper tank of a a staying hurdler, isn't he? Um, I just love the way he won. Jumped well, travelled well, powered home. Um, assuming he trots out of his box with four legs and a tail this week, he's the one to be. Um, he's still a fair enough price, so I think he'll go off a lot shorter in the day once he rocks up there. Um, yeah, lots yeah, of agree. I agree. All over him for Chelm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's not the ideal prep, though, is it, Gary? Like, you'd, you'd probably want to stay as hurdle winner to have at least one other run. I don't know what you think, but... They were, they were umming and ahhing only a week or two ago, and they could be putting you all away. Like you say, there was a late move for the horse on, on the day and could be putting everyone away and that this horse might not make it to Cheltenham and all that, and it's touch and go all the time. If he does turn up on the day, it's going to be some plunge. Yeah, like he, he needs a genius. He, he's getting trained by a genius, uh, Charles Bones. Yep. Say what you want about him, but when he gets a good horse, he is lethal with them. Um, I'd have no concerns. Even if he rocked up there without a run, uh, I wouldn't be overly concerned. Um. And it, it is a very poor, it's a stink poor division. And this is yeah. this is the one star um, so far, I think. And I, I can't see him be if, he's, if he turns up in any sort of form that he's shown. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Just when uh, old uh, Tyne Hill, Kean, our old mate, was uh, has decided to go fencing, the stairs hurdle picture falls apart, Kean. I mean, they, they really should have kept over hurdles. Yeah, they should have kept time him over hurdles. He would have had a right chance in this, but sure, look. <laughs> Maybe next year, Dean. 
Yeah, but Alexis, my go-to line on the Cheltenham preview night. This is a certainty. This will win the stairs head. I've done it two years in a row. One year he didn't turn up. Next year he got beat by Florin Porter, which one of the most magnificent rides you'll see uh, in in a Cheltenham contest. And then um, and this year he's bloody going chasing. So I'll never yeah. be right. Kian, talk to me about um, Lucia, who I think they nearly lost down at Henderson's yard um, for a bit of a freak. Um, you know, situation with the horse before, and they've got it back. His favourite for the mayor's novices, but I mean, that was impressive at the weekend. Didn't beat much. They should throw that in the supreme. Yeah, they should run it in the supreme. I mean, she looks like an absolute machine. I mean, if you look at her form, she's ran, she ran four times on a mixture of uh, good ground, soft ground, all over two miles, and she's absolutely pissed up every single time. Yeah, if I mean, if she goes yep. for the mares, she's around a two to one shot now. Um, I can't see her getting beaten. That the supreme looks like a pretty a pretty weak race, so. They could be tempted, but you know these trainers want winners, and they're going to send their horses to the most most likely chance of getting a winner. So she probably will go mares, and she could be one of the the bankers of the meeting. Like if she she reproduces that form, I, I don't think she'll get beaten. Yeah, according to Sun, one of the most backed horses now for the Cheltenham Festival is Lucia. A question to all three of you on the panel, a um, little bit out of left field. If Lucia was yours, what race does it run in, Dermo? Uh, Supreme. Thank you, Gary. Champion order. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> you have to go mares with a, like, the Supreme looks at a 10 times harder racing up that mares is a Mickey Mouse race, and who doesn't want a Cheltenham winner? Um, she could be up to the, the Supreme, but the the mares looks the handier race, so we'll go with that. See, I don't know, Gary, if like if this was reality, right, and this was your horse, would you give a damn about winning the mares novice hurdle? The race shouldn't even be there, let alone, like, you could go and have a go at the Supreme. Finish second or third in the Supreme and the Mayor be pretty cool. Like. I just like to win, you know. Just win, baby. That's all I care. That's where that's where I've been going wrong all my life. <laughs> that's where I've been. I don't mind just, fight, you know, just win, trying to baby. eat value. Just win, baby. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair enough. All right, look, I'll go I'll, I'll go back to the script now for a second. Any other eye catcher you wanted to mention, uh, Kian, that you saw over the weekend or Gary? Um, step in now forever hold your peace yes just yeah. that, um, sorry Gary just at Navin on Sunday in the um, the novice hurdle that Hunter's Yarn uh, won um, uh, the horse that came third yeah. I know the way you're thinking um, massive eye catcher they put him out the back um, stayed on like a train near the end he actually showed a tremendous attitude to beat imagine at uh, Goran Park I think it was I mean, it wouldn't be like Jaden McManus to get one a handicap for a big day, and I reckon this one could be uh, one for the tracker for the festivals, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we should ask Derma about this one. You talked about this horse a few times, Derma. I think you even tweeted out, I think I know that they're thinking the Martin Pipe or something like that, which I thought was quite clever. I've probably done you a disservice. But that's <laughs> not at all, not at all. Uh, <laughs> definitely, look, I, I really thought he was a Ballymore horse. I, I thought this horse was very good. I think he's a grade one chaser. Once we went wrong at Nace, I actually said on the podcast afterwards, disappointed with him, but he's probably a Martin Pipe horse. Uh, this screamed out Martin Pipe. I think if he gets a mark of 142, 143, gets Kieran Buckley on board, um, job done. Him and Absolute Notions are the two, Dean, I think. I was going to say, something has to finish second to Absolute Notions. I think it the two of them are the reverse left. forecast of our dreams. Um, I really do. I think these are both grade one-ish animals, particularly grade one chasing animals. And that's exactly what you want the Martin Pipe go down through all the years. Yep. You know, that's exactly what you're looking for. And the two of yep. them are just off grade one standard. If you watch back that Nace grade one, um, I know what you're thinking comes in. He just doesn't have the pace to quicken with them. That's all. The ground isn't maybe as deep as it might have been other years. Um, it, get him 
onto that kind of ground over that trip against great non-grade one animals and yeah no i think he's 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 definitely a bet yeah him and absolute notions dean yeah 100%. Yeah, it's nice to have one race sorted already. Gary, this is a nice segue to you because um, we, we talked about Absolute Notions in here before as being an outsider for the Albert Butler. It's going to go close in the pipe now, isn't it, after those runs? I'm afraid I'm with the lads, Dean. I tried to get in there before King because I thought he might have the same one. Uh, the, the same, another way of thinking is an absolute certainty for the Martin Pipe. Uh, stop. How's it going to be? Notions needs another run as well, Dean. Yeah. Notions yeah. needs another run. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'd say that horse hasn't seen... Hasn't been out of his box, never mind seen a hurdle since Nate. Um, that was just, I'd say it's in every notebook in the country, that horse, but application of cash, lift the handbrake, and that one, that one gets the Irish cheering. Mountain pipe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's all good. That's all good. All right, Demo, talk to me about this, uh, this Paul Kimmage article, because I just want to, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say something that maybe, you know, resonates with some people, maybe doesn't. Um, I didn't read it. The only reason I know this article exists is because racing Twitter went mental about it. Um, I'm sure it's not a good look for racing. I'm sure what it contained was was damaging to the sport. But like, who cares what he writes? No one even reads newspapers anymore. I doubt um, this will have any impact at all. Tell me, should I have paid more attention? Uh, so two things to start off with, first of all. First of all, I do believe that racing needs to be fixed and this isn't... Uh... The usual hashtag racing people response to try and quell everything. You know, I do believe that there's an awful lot of issues in horse racing that needs to be fixed. And secondly, yeah. I'm speaking of this as somebody who used to be a massive fan of Paul Kimmage. I read his book the, on the Tour de France. The work he did was outstanding. But just he's really let himself down with the horse racing pieces. I mean, first of all, he started off on the previous episode with Shane Mahan, where he refused or sorry, Stevie Man, where he refused yeah. to acknowledge really basically the horrific case that was with Stevie Man. I mean, Stevie Man, for anyone that doesn't know and might not have heard the last time, he le- he neglected his horses so long that one of them ate its own legs. Um, and then he was the star in the first article where Stevie Man was saying basically that um, he had as he 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 had proof that there was drugs going on in horse racing, and that you know. Um, that basically the reason why Mahan got done so toughly was because the, the IHRB were trying to shut him up. That's basically what Kimmage was trying to get at, while completely ignoring the fact that Stevie Mann had that Mahan had not only been done for that, he'd also been done for his dogs absolutely devouring um, animals on a farm. And he, he, if he was to deal with it, there was umpteen horrific cases to do with Mahan, and he completely ignored that. We move on to this one again, very well written piece because Kimmage is a fantastic author. But we move on to this piece about Homer Scott. Really awful case, Homer Scott uh, thing. The IHRB don't cover themselves in glory. Don't get me wrong at all. Um, He hands over his license, basically, Dean, but there's no real massive investigation. But again, Kimmage completely, and he definitely knows this, ignores the fact that the reason why... He's basically saying, Dean, sorry, that Homer Scott didn't get the same treatment as Mann. And that, you know, Mann was harshly done by... And he's kind of hinting at that maybe it's because Mahan had drugs proven that they were trying to kill that and Homer Scott didn't. It's two different matters here. First of all, Mahan came under the jurisdiction to begin with of um, the Department of Agriculture, which is our government body here. And then the, uh, the IHRB then had to create a process to remove his license off him. Homer Scott, which is a horrific case, and it's horrible to think that horse race, that there's horses in our care, in our sport, that got treated that badly. But Homer Scott was 
handed over his license to the IHRB and the Department of Agriculture case is currently ongoing. So, it, it, you know, it's basically the IHRB had to go at Mahan to get his license back. But Homer Scott handed his license over, which is basically all the IHRB can do. And then the Department of Agriculture picks it up from there, basically, to, to launch criminal proceedings, which should definitely happen here. Kimmage is an unbelievably intelligent person. He has to know that. And what really annoys me is, is that he's telling half-truths and it's, it's kind of... It smokes and mirrors, basically, to try and make this out to be some sort of a big thing. The IHRB, in my opinion, have an awful lot to answer for, but he's not going to get to the bottom of this. It's all uh, real bitter stuff, and he has ruined it for himself, and people in racing are tuned out to him anyway, because the second he used Mahan as a witness for that first article and ignored what he's done, and now he's kind of tried to bring Mahan back into it under the realm of the neglect case here. It's just really poor and shoddy work, Dean. And it's yeah. something that I just think that racing has an awful lot to fix. We need journalists to get to the bottom of it. But Kimmage is not our guy. Well, you make a really good point there at the end of this, is which is <clears throat> if he'd have gone down the route of actually sifting and getting into the meat of some stories that we could get behind as racing public and not go down this kind of clickbaity. And obviously I read the first um, couple of bits he did not go down this idea of like sensationalizing there's a bigger picture here and i'm trying to get anywhere and you can't then start justifying it with with new pieces it's like going into a clean kitchen and finding the corners covered in muck and just taking a picture of that it's not good enough and i think you know he would have got a lot of support from within racing the likes of ourselves not that we carry any weight at all Dermot. but the point i'm trying to make is that that, is that we would have rode in behind it really want racing to be fixed yeah and and i was really excited when i first heard that paul kimmage was getting involved in race and i thought right this is great you know because the work he did in cycling was huge but just like what he tried to do in rugby he's really landing on his face here as well i think anyway well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to read the piece and I appreciate you giving me the summary of it there, uh, Dermot. Um, I don't know if any of the lads want to chime in on this, but um, I'm happy to, to leave it there. When we come back from uh, this break on the race hour, of course, we will be delving into the anti-post picture. Um, where do we now lie with the Ryanair? We've got the champion chase, which looks wide open this year. Who do we think will win the 2023 Cheltenham Gold Cup? And how far does Impervious win the mayor's chase by? That's becoming a recurring question on the race hour. The answer is only a few weeks away, which is brilliant. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the race hour, proudly brought to you in association with the tote. Check out the tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Okay, welcome back to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.com and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the National Hunt season. It's Gary Connolly, Keen Kirby and Dermot um, Nolan and uh, well, we've had our break now. We're going to get stuck into the anti-post picture. The, the best place to start, I think, is with the news that Alaho will not make the Cheltenham Festival 2023. Uh, it kind of felt like that was news that was always going to come, but it only came at the very last minute. Of course, Media Day down at the Cross Sutton Yard. Uh, Demo, no Alaho. So what does that do to the Ryanair? I tell you what, it makes it bloody more interesting. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's a serious division. Now, look, obviously, we always bemoan not having stars. As in, we're never happy. When a race is open, we always say that the market is muck. Or sorry, that the division is muck. 
And then when uh, when there the is... division shouldn't exist, like because Alho would have been in all the gold cups. I know, I know, I know. I, I look, sorry, look, sorry. Look, you are right. You are right. You are. Right. Leave me to it. But, no, no, you are right. But just you know, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle type of job there now. Just, correct, just, correct, just, correct. What we can do. Um, the Alho, yeah. He look, he's a superstar. That first Ryanair Dean for me, and I know the division shouldn't exist. That's one of the best performances I've ever seen at the Shetland Festival. When it was extraterrestrial, yeah, you and you do love to see that. Rachel just couldn't let him go. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And then we were a punch down together when he won that day as well, and the Gold Cup that year. Oh no, we lost the championship the year after he won the punch down Gold Cup last year, and he was brilliant mm-hmm. there too. Um, it's a real pity altogether. I'm. I really want to take on Fakir Duderi. Um, I think the Ascot Chase doesn't lead into the festival well. I also don't think he's the same horse this season. I didn't like the performers last time. Joseph could just be building him up. Joseph and Brendan Powell could just be building this horse up. But no, I, I'm very happy to take him on. Um, very happy to take Blue Lord on as well. I've just never been fussed about him. Shishkin, we don't have a clue how he is. As good as he is, Dean, we have no idea. I'd prefer to be taking uh, six to four about him after winning very well this weekend or something than, than going near him now. We just don't know. Um so that, I've already backed him at sevens, demo <laughs> for the Rhino. That's fair. That's a big prize. But um, <laughs> the one that I'm very happy to back here is Conflated. Um, I think, I I know Gordon Elliott wants to go for the Gold Cup, and I know there is only one Gold Cup. But last year, this horse was booked for second before falling. He was definitely going to finish second. Um, he's running big, yeah. He has shown that he's very, very good of the rest, as in, I don't think he's up to the top of the Gold Cup division. But he's he's he was very good at Christmas in the, in the old Lexus. Um, he's he's still improving this horse. He was a madman, and Gordon seems to have really sorted him out, which Gordon's brilliant at. He's brilliant at changing a, a horse's plan at home and getting them ticking along well. And I just think that he could place in a Gold Cup. I think he should. He could. He he'd be one of the favourites here. I think that Michael O'Leary will want to win his money back, and at the odds, I'm very very happy to back uh, back conflated, and then one more. Um, that I might just back as a kind of a back to lay type situation is Janadil, who was second in a Ryanair before. He was second in that brilliant Ryanair to Alaho. He's back this weekend. Um, he's back this week, sorry. And if he wins there, he'll shorten up dramatically. He's a very good horse. He's only nine years old. So Janadil at about 25 to one is one that I'd be backing from a back into lay point of view. He's more than good enough to win a race like this because he was second again in a Ryanair before. So I am very happy to go conflated as my main one, but then my big price is uh, is Janadil. Fair enough, fair enough indeed. Um, yeah, I can, you kind of think conflated has to go here now with the way this has opened up. I'm going to come to Kian next. Um, you know, Alaho is a big Mister Cheltenham Festival. We know it's been there and done it many, many times and always run well at the festival. Um, it is a miss, but now this division looks a little bit sexy, Kian. You can find a bit of value. Yeah, Alo was obviously a big loss. I mean, he was breathtaking there the last couple of years, pinging fences like not many horses could get near him. So shame to see him miss, but it does make the race um, more interesting from a betting point of view. I would agree with Dermo on um, Fakir. I don't, I don't think he's, he hasn't looked great this season now. I mean, he was well beaten by Gallop and the Champs and the John Durkin, and, and like he was, he wasn't going to win at at uh, Turles last time out. So I think I'd avoid him. Blue Lord. Not sure about Blue Lord. Will they go here or the champion chase? I think that's kind of up in the air. Shishkin, I mean, you couldn't back him with stolen money. I do lo- I do like Inflated as well. But the one I was um, looking at at around 10 or 12 to 1 non-runner no bet is Paul Nichols trained Pictori. 
He's due, due yeah. to run at Ascot this weekend against Fakir Duderi, which Shishkin is supposed to run as well. So this market could um, could see a serious shake-up after Saturday. Uh, he's 5-2 to two to win this weekend, and he's currently 10-1, to one, non-running no bet. If he wins this weekend, he'll be ha- halved in price, if not shorter. If he doesn't, if he doesn't uh, win, he's probably not going to go to the festival because he's ne- he's never ran at the fe- he's ran at the festival once, but he hasn't done great. And Paul Nichols has kind of avoids Cheltenham with these kind of horses, but I think as a non-runner, no bet um, option at ten to one, that's a, a great bet. I mean, his form this year has been been very good. Uh, beat Miller's Bank, who's a solid yardstick, and then last time I came in, I thought he was just in- incredible in, in the the Grade Two Silvaniaco Chase, one by sixteen lengths. Um, yeah, I think he's the, he's the he's the betting. He could be. He could be indeed. And um, yeah, Nichols, you'd imagine we'll throw something at it with no Alaho there. So why not go and have a go um, with Pictor Hill? Although, unfortunately, for Yuki and for Damo's fancies there, um, I'm going to come to Gary now for a bit of common sense. There's 174 rated Shishkin going to run in the Ryanair. It's game over, lads. If this horse confirms that uh, the nine year old is fit and well and slams Fakir, Duderi, and anyone else this Saturday, uh, it'll win the Ryanair and it'll be odds on, Gary. Yeah, I'll be fully behind it on that. I don't know if he'll win or not, but if he does show any sort of spark, he, he'd be odds on in a market like this. Um, the only thing that put me off, it's just going to be a tough race this close to the festival. Uh, the three of them, Fakir, Shishkin and Pictori, they're all they're all decent horses and it's not going to be an easy race for whoever wins it, I would yep. say. Um, but yeah, I'd be in agreement with you if Siskin was to win it and win handy, he'll go off very short here. One that I like at a price, it'd be French Dynamite. Um, looks a bit of value in a very open race. Um, just really like the horse. Mouse Morris is, is probably one of the best target trainers, trainers there is, and he, he rarely brings a horse over the channel that he doesn't have, think has a good chance. Um, he's probably slightly unlucky in the Paddy Power earlier this season there. He just hit the lap yeah. and probably cost him the race. And then in the Savills, he was a massive eye catcher in the Savills. He travelled much... He, he travelled very well and just didn't stay shaped like a non-stayer then next time out uh, second behind Fakir probably would have been toured maybe second I don't think he would have been fully tuned up there and if there's one man that can get him spot on for one day it's Mouse Morris and double figure price I, I think there's still a bit more improvement to come from this fella so um, he'll do for me yeah, yeah, always a horse we've liked on this podcast. Me and Demo have been big fans of French Dynamite for a while, and it does have the shape of it. If Shishkin doesn't deliver this weekend and doesn't shoot to the top of this market, I wouldn't put you off anything else. But I do expect Shishkin to be favourite uh, after Saturday's races run. Why don't we move on to the champion chase? Because I think something we can all agree on, and I'm going to stick with you, Gary, is that Energamine isn't all that now. And now we all know that that's the fact. Suddenly the champion chase is a better market, um, which relates to what we actually know in the form book. That's my view. I tend to agree with you. Yeah, he's he's, he's very overrated horse, isn't he? Um, massively. Massively overrated. I've always, I've always said it, though, Gary, and... The difference being that no hurdles campaign. You start lining up you're against really, you're, you're really taking your victory lap here, Dean. With, with, uh, with, I know, yeah. With, I just, with just went class. I just got on the record. I'm never, ever right about anything, Dermo. So, you know, I'm going to have a go here. Uh, you know, I, I've always said that this horse won one of the weakest champion chases you'll ever see. And now I think this year might only be a tiny bit stronger. At least it's the right place. Back to you, Gary. Off you go. Yeah, like it fell into his lap last year, this race, didn't it? And, um, he was just disappointed. He, he'd done what he'd done a cork, neck and spoon race, and then he was just found out. 
that excuse he made with the fences was just utter bollocks. Um, One of the funniest things I've ever heard Willie Mullins say, I think. And people trying to defend it is just shocking. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll cross him out. Edward Stone ran a monster race in that. Um, he was just tracking the wrong horse, and then by the time he by the time he realised he was, it was too late, and he used up all his petrol to, to get there. Um, so he'll go close. He picked up a bit of a knock there during the week, so... That yeah, that's a concern. Me. He's a bit sore, isn't he? They're saying they're only going to miss, what, seven days or something. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't probably trust that trainer a whole pile either um, to get one ready. Like the race itself, it's it's not a great race at all. I think it's really going to cut up. There could be five or six runners in this come the day of the race. Um, Funabul Savola won well there at the weekend in the game spirit. Second last year, shit race as well, but... Um, if it cuts up really bad, there's a bit of 40s out there, 23s, 40s. If you're getting first three, it's definitely going to go there. I don't think it'll step up and trip two miles. It's all at once. Um, that would probably be the play for me, but um, I'd probably be at the bar with you laughing at an ergamine getting beat. Um, <laughs> instead of putting my hard end on it. But um, yeah, fun of all, Savola will go as a bit of in-play value. I like that. I like that. Look, anything could win uh, this year's race. I do agree with what you said about um, Edward Stone. I just think if an Ergemine had been the horse that we all thought it was, uh, Edward Stone would have won that race. And it, Editor Geek just got another freebie. I mean, it deserves to be in the race, Dermo. Are you going to come down with a Gary Moore horse because the form's in the book now? Uh, yeah, did, did, look, the, the horse is every right. And I definitely would not be uh, be turning anybody off the horse. Um, yeah. But... I just think this this is a race that could really boil over. I mean, Edward Stone is the rightful favourite. Was good last time. It kind of should improve, but it's a horse I've always taken on because I'm not convinced he's great either. Um, happy to take on an Urzmin. Happy happy to take on it. I'm not sure whether he's improved or everything else is just flailing. And the one Fair that enough. I'm kind of happy happy to go with here, uh, hoping that Dan Skelton can bring this horse right back again, is Nube Negra. I mean, he's just very, very good around Cheltenham. Now, Editor De Geet fairly beat him up at Christmas, but I think Nube Negra can, can improve a lot for, for that. Um, he's 25 to 1 in places. Uh, and this is a horse who has who was, who was been third in a Fred Winter, second in a champion chase behind Put the Kettle On, uh, one here at Cheltenham now beating Ganapati. Terrible, terrible race. Um, but still... Um, Last season won that same race, beating Politologue. That's the Schlor chase. And then, like, just basically, this horse is quite delicate. This horse uh, is brilliant from a break. I think we'll improve an awful lot for that run at Christmas time, where I just didn't, or yeah, Christmas time behind Editor De Geet, where just, it just didn't kind of go right, in my opinion. That horse just kind of got away and has backed that up since. I think we'll see a much better horse this time. And um, off a break, Nube Negra, 25 to 1, Dean. I just think it's it's too big a price in what is a very, very open race. Absolutely right. And the horse only probably needs to come back to something like its best to be right at the very front end here. Um, so, yeah, that's that's totally fair. I'd much prefer shouts for Nube Negra and Funambul Savola um, than anything like of Gentleman Demi or Blue Lord or Energamine, as I've always said. Um, Kian, put some sense on the champion chase, please. Yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh on an ergamine, lads. Um, I mean, I know we didn't. No, know, I didn't yeah, know you were going to say that. Yeah, first. I think I think he's I think you're a bit harsh there. I think he's like if you if he didn't run the last day, he'd be you'd be saying he's an absolute certainty for this race. Like he's only been beaten. What, what? No, I never liked him, Kian. I, I wouldn't yeah. be saying that, but I would I would I would probably be I, thinking it. I see your point. Like <laughs> yeah, I see your point. Like he hasn't beaten like 
unbelievable horses, but he can only beat what's put in front of him, really. And again, this isn't this isn't a strong Grade One by by any stretch of the imagina- imagination. Even if no, you look, even if you look at the last day, he was right upside um, Edward Stone uh, coming to the last, and he basically fell over. Like it was, there's there's very little between them. I reckon Editor De G and Gentleman De Me will go off mental in front and they'll they'll get in each other's way. They'll cut each other's throats and it'll develop into yeah. a match between an Ergamine and Edward Stone. And I've always thought an Ergamine is is a far better horse than, than Edward Stone and I think he'll um he'll bounce back. Yeah, I think uh, what is he around two to one there? I think that's a that's a great battle. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. And, you know, the run, Enogamine's best run was when getting beaten by Shishkin. And even though mm. everything was in its favour that day, you know, the, the ter- extraterrestrial horse that is Shishkin just got it done. But look what market left on Shishkin. So I can't be too unfair on Enogamine. That was a huge run, even if it felt like, you know, it was kind of one-sided. Um, but, you know, can it go and perform like that again? If it can, then, yeah, okay, fair enough. Position in the market is fair. Just think that, you know, there's... There's plenty of reason to get stuck in to find something else. Um, the lads have found something. I do think your read of the race there, Kian, um, makes plenty of sense, though. And it could ex- could be exactly how it turns out with those two front runners um, probably taking themselves on. Um, yeah, fair enough. We're not going to get too many in there. Even Core Sublime is, uh, is still entered in there. Captain Guinness. I mean, there will be people falling over the old hipster horse there to, to play that each way at the current prices. But... You know, that's what racing is all about. So let's move on to the um, Cheltenham Gold Cup. Uh, the picture has, well, <laughs> mellowed a little bit because perhaps what we see we saw from Galloping de Champs, um, there was a few different ways to read it. Was it was that the perfect opportunity for it to go and show that it stays three miles around Leopardstown? Well, I don't think staying was an issue. I actually, felt it hit the line uh, quite hard, Dermo. The the Gold Cup picture, you could be as quick as you want because we've spoken about it a few times. Um, Galloping de Champs rightly favourite, but it's like a value fest behind it, isn't it? If you want to take it on. Yeah. Like I think he hit the line quite hard, but albeit yeah. off, off what was a very, very soft pace. So I think there is, I'm still happy to take him on one more time. Um, I think he's, he's, he's clearly very, very good, but like Rachel dawdled around on Kemboy. Um, I think the fact that Statler just kind of, he, he can't quicken. He doesn't quicken, but he kind of flew home again. And afterwards to finish second, I think backed all that up as well. Galvin Deschamps is the right favourite now that he's proven it at least over three miles again because I know he did it as a novice but he was just far superior to them. He did it very well that day um, but I'm happy to take him on. I can't, I can't believe how short Noble Yates is. Uh, I think he's a good Grand National horse but I just think he's... We been... completely agree on that, Dermot. I just That's the one price in here I can't understand it's, is Noble Yates. It's crazy. A Plutard arguably could be bigger just on his complete no-show this season. Brave Man's game could be shorter, but he's probably priced fairly just based on the trainer himself not liking Cheltenham with him. Um, but if that clicks for him, he's 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 as good as Galloping Deschamps is on all form, really. I mean, there's absolutely no question that he's going to run. I, I'd have him second favourite. He's yeah, won no, a King 100%. George. He's got, you yeah, know, he doesn't have the question Mark Appletard has over it. So you could halve that price and I'd still think it's about right. So... Maybe he's the value, but if you don't fancy him, you don't fancy him, Dermo, so you probably wouldn't bet him anyway. No, 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 God, no. Um, so, yeah, like, it's, for me, I think there's an awful lot of questions over a lot of them. While Statler, we know he loves Cheltenham. We know uh, he'll definitely stay. Um, his pace angle could be a small bit of an issue, but I think if they hopefully go a gallop, I think a high senior is going to go 90 in front. Um, and I don't think he's good enough, regardless of his little shimmy to the right as well, which is only going to kill him. 
Um, I think this is between the Irish horses and Brave Man's Game. I think Brave Man's Game is a step above everything else uh, from that side of the pond. So Brave Man's Game is the dark one for me, but I'm still very happy to stick with Statler. I think a better pace, a much better pace, which will happen in the Gold Cup. It's it's very rare. I know that year when they, when Alvin Foto beat... Um, uh, what's, what was it? Santini. Santini. I mean, they Dear just, God. They crawled. Yeah, yeah you know, they course. crawled that year. Yeah. That's not going to happen again. Um, yeah with the horses in here. So there will be a very good pace on, but I just think, um, I think Statler will just come over the top of, uh, of Gallop and Deschamps. And I'll stop questioning that, that the, uh, the favorite once he actually goes and does it again. Yeah, fair enough. It's like, yeah, I want to take him on, but I took him on the last day and I took him on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the very <laughs> last time I think. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I, I'd be similar. I'd definitely be taking on Gallop and Deschamps. That's just, I'm price sensitive in a gold cup like that. I think that just, uh, makes sense. Uh, Gary, I'm going to come to you. What does make the pace in this Gold Cup? Yeah, I was struggling to find a uh, pace angle. Now, Darren, uh, putting up a high senior probably makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I was having a look at it. I, I didn't see a whole lot of pace on it. So um, that would probably suit the Fav. Like, he's probably hard enough to knock Barris Price. He, like, he is the, the classiest horse in the field. He has the most potential. Um, Fair enough. And he, he's if if he stay, I, I'd have no doubt about him staying, but I know there is some doubts. But um, he's got to be tough to beat. But price is everything in this game, and he's just too short um, for the competition he's facing this time round. Um, like it's take a pick in behind. There's plenty of value there if you want to take him on. Um, one that I like the look of. I had a few bob on him there earlier in the week. Is Capadano. Um, haven't seen him since Punchestown, and there was a recent media day in Mullins, and he didn't say anything about him, which is, I took that as a good sign. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Coming coming from there, and the owner, uh, he's ended up in Goran on Saturday in the Red Mills. Um, it should be a penalty kick from him if he's if he's anyway ready to go. He looks a bit of value, but um, yeah, it's a tricky race to read. You're either for the favour against him, and he's too short for me. But he's the most likely winner. But Capadano offers a bit of value, I think. So I'll have a small um, go with him again on the day, probably. It won't seem yeah. Well, well, you know, you can you can take the opportunity to see him in the Red Mills because um, his price will only change a little bit, won't it? I don't think it will be. You won't be leaping ahead of anything um, at the top end, you'd imagine. Kim, what, what do you make of it? I mean, Galloping de Champs is, is really only the price putting us off. Yeah, um, I mean... Gallop in the Champs is a, is a very, very talented horse, but he's 11-8 to eight now. I wouldn't even back him at 11-4, to four, to be honest with you. You could see, you could see a lot of horses sure. win, this, um, win this Gold Cup, but I was actually on the podcast pre-Christmas, Dean, and I advised people to uh, take the 25-1 to one about Brave Man's Game. Um, I just for, took it with you, yeah, Ian. I'm, I'm on board. We're on the same train. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm even I'm even more keen now. I, th- I think he's one of the, the bets of the meeting, uh, really, Dean. He's... Um, I mean, what he did in the King George was was phenomenal, really. I think that's the the best piece of form in the race. He had um, Lamb Press beaten all ends up, and like Harry Cobden's a br- brilliant jockey, but the ride he gave him wasn't great. He was losing lengths at every fence, uh, uh, jumping out, jumping out. Um, I just think, yeah, he's Paul Nichols is a genius with staying, staying chasers. I'm surprised he's still eight to one. I'd have him nearly nine to two, four to one. I think he, I think I'd have him half that price. I think, I, yeah. I think you're right, Ken. I think he should be second favorite because everything is apart from not running and in the um, RSA, the Brown advisory last year, and then going to Aintree when they're obviously in the parade ring and ready to run at Cheltenham and didn't go. 
Yeah. Just draw a line through that, and everything he's done since screams gold cup. Exactly. He did he's... not handle Cheltenham the day of the Ballymore that day either when he was beaten by Bob. Ollie. He was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was fine. Just, I mean, he was too slow. There was nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, slow. That was he was he was third favorite in the market, and he came third. He was behind Bob Ollinger. That was that was expected. But um, yeah, I mean, look, Brave Man's game is eight to one. A high senior is ten to one, and he's he's beaten out the park the last three times. He's only been beaten over fences once, and that was at the Grand National meeting last year when um when he wasn't right. But they've just They've kind of they've kind of got the grips with him now. Um, I mean, they know how to train him. They're giving him more breaks between races. I mean, he's fresh, and they're just keeping him on the outside now as opposed to the inside. And I think, um, yeah, I think that beating Lampress, who would would be second favorite in this market, he, he absolutely destroyed him. That's the best piece of form in this yep. race, and eight to one is still unbelievable value price. My only concern, Kian, is that they won't go quick enough and that will really set up for Galloping the Champs. So I am concerned about what's going to make the pace because all of these jockeys will think they're being super clever, just sitting and tracking. Something has to go and make it. And you can't guarantee a horse senior will do it. Something has to. Though. Yeah, I suppose it's a gold cup and some, something will go off. Like I think a horse senior might, might try and make it. Um, yeah, he, he will try. I think he usually goes from the front. I think with Brave Man Games... Most of his well, start, he's gone from the front. Yeah, yeah. he has. But I think course, with Brave Man's game as well, you're back, in, you're back in the best jumper in the race. Like He's hands down. The best jumper in this race by a mile, like way better jumper Completely than Galloping agree, Champs. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I think the price is ridiculous. Should be half that, half that price. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, um, yeah, I think that is the Gold Cup. I mean, unless anyone wants to talk about any others in here, there are a few fairy tales that could happen in the Gold Cup demo. There's Hewick there. There's Manella Indo who can have another go. I know you wouldn't think Protector Out would be a fairy tale, but I mean we, we haven't even mentioned the horse. <laughs> and um, and Aplutar, after what we saw last year in that Gold Cup, one of the best Gold Cup performances you'll ever see. Certainly the way that horse ran the last 200 yards of the, of the straight of Cheltenham. Um, oh, there, there are a few stories that could happen. Yeah, and Henry de Bromhead is um, his yard are, are going very well now. Um, they were they were kind of starting to come back again without winning a load of races, and they are still kind of doing that. But like third, third, first of Magic Days, Magic Days put away a very good Marysfield that day as well. Third of Bally Adam, yep. Um, yep. Second with Honeysuckle, second with In the Pocket. Like that's all. This is a yard that's running back back into form in a serious way now. Um, and so A Plutard, of course, like that performance last year was ridiculous. It was such a good Gold Cup win. Um, Manella Indo and Henry has shown that he's able to bring Manella Indo back and he's able to bring Ipitar back I don't give Protector at a hope at all and he's starting to go out to a price that he's that is correct um, I don't think you can finish that far off in a Gold Cup and then come back the next year and win it Native River was an exception he wasn't far away in his first season and then they completely changed his training programme because uh, he probably left it all that year in the Welsh National which was a, an amazing campaign really when you think about it but um the Uick as well. Uick could be anything, but he just Jesus, he can't be good enough for a Gold Cup, surely. You know, imagine uh, he was though. Yeah, what a Gold Cup that would be like. It'd be amazing. Eight hundred euro as yeah. well, or eight hundred pound, wasn't it? Imagine. Uh, just be yeah. brilliant altogether, uh, and the Shark Handling is just superb. But yeah, look, I do think the Gold Cup is between the front few. I think it's between the likes of a Statler, uh, uh, Brave Man's Game, and a Gallopin des Champs. In truth, and then the likes of an Ape Lutard can improve. Fair enough. He can improve up to them, but I'd have it between those four, really, if Ape Lutard was to come back. And yeah, I wouldn't have much interest in anything else there. Yep, yep. And, you know, it's just it's just going to be fun taking on Gallop in the Champs and then, and then watching it win again. That's a really good. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Enough. 100%. 100%. <laughs> we can all, we'll all be able to accept it because we'll have got value, which is what we tend to 
Uh, aim for right demo sticking with you how far does impervious win the 2023 mayor's chase by and why is she not clear favorite everywhere what is it with the with the fanboys and allegory devassi <laughs> so allegory devassi the one thing i will say is i actually watched back her start again last night the engine is ferocious i mean that's very easy she's to good see. yeah uh, and she's yeah. clearly a very very talented horse she puts it all together and we could be looking at you know uh, alaho style performance there from her Problem from problem for her is twofold. One, it's her jumping, uh, and her jumping seems to come from she. She's a tiny bit wayward mentally. That'll get better as she gets older. Um, I think she'd be better off in something like the Brown Advisory. To be honest, I, I, I think it would give her a little bit more time to sort her head out. Um, I think she'd be much better off there. And then, but she's a massive threat. And then the other one is simply that she's bumping into an unbelievably experienced mayor this season in Impervious and loads others. But Impervious particularly has just really fought out these really hard battles. Dino Blue now being beaten last weekend wasn't great for the form. Um, you know, yeah. she, she beat Dino Blue and Dino Blue was beaten by Magic Days. But Magic Days is an excellent horse as well who I fancy for an arc last season. Um, That's right. You know, she's 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 saying behind the two of them, I think this is the problem the market has at the moment. And for those of us, we're on impervious at, at much bigger prices. But the actual market itself, there's mares in behind Dean that are not out of this race. You know, um, you know the likes of a Jeremy's Flame, the likes of a... Um, Magic Days, the likes of a Scarlet and Dove. These are excellent mares who are well capable of winning a race like this. Um, so it's definitely not a two-horse market, but it, I would not swap impervious at the current odds for anything in the race, but definitely not for the odds that we're on. Um, so no, uh, I think impervious takes an awful lot of stopping, but this is not a two-horse race though. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, we have Imperius at big prices. Hopefully lots of race hour listeners do too. Uh, thanks to, um, <clears throat> obviously we like the horse last year, but we have this association with Brian Hayes and we do keep in touch uh, about how the horse is going. And we've talked about her a lot. I'm that convinced that she'll handle Aragori Devassi that I won't even be hedging any of that big price. Gary, am I right to do that? Yeah, I think you'd be safe enough there. Um, she looks, she's going to be banged there, whatever happens. Um just got a text earlier on. My fancy for Scarlet oh, no. doesn't go, so she's gone um, from the race. Gary so, the little uh, yeah, where is she gonna go to? God knows, but she's not going there anyway. That's just okay, uh, okay, okay, that's mad. That's so, hey, uh, anyone cash out if you can, but um, yeah, that just takes the I, I really fancy to her to put it up to the two, the two novice ones, but impervious, yeah. They're probably in around the right price now. Pick them. She probably should be slow five. But, um, yeah, it's a cracking race. I, I, I don't think either should be going here. They should be going, taking on their... Um... Another reason why these races ruin the other races at the meeting. But, like, we're still going to get a great match. But it would be super if they were going in against the actual... Uh... The big guns, I think. Yeah, and like they're not going to be out of place in those races. And they'd be, of course they'd not. be right no. towards the head of the betting. Um, but, yeah, we'll see a decent match here. But it's probably... Would have been bad to see them going elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm cheering on Impervious for you, lads. I think he's on the right bet. So um, that's the one. Magic Days, like she impressed me the weekend. I, I don't think she's as good as the, the, the top two on the market. She's going to set up lovely though, isn't she, Gary? She's going to go off from the front end, get into a nice rhythm, give them all something to aim at, I think. And Allegory Devassi, then they have a decision whether do they go or do they sit? It's a difficult decision, I think. It is, yeah. And I think Magic Days will put her jumping under pressure if she tries to go with her. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's a, it's an interesting race. But yeah, Scarlet and Dove coming out takes a bit of luster off it. But um, yeah, best of luck with your punt, lads. 
Yeah, well, the race hour has a history of finding mares before they're really good and telling you all about them. And then, um, all right, we've only done it once. Kian, over, over to you. You're on mute, Kian. <laughs> poor, poor old Kian's on mute, yeah. Sorry, lads. You're <laughs> great. <laughs> um, One of us always do it, Gerard. Yeah. Um, yeah, best of luck with the impervious bets, lads. But um, Allegory de Vassi is an absolute certainty for this race. She's she's in a di- she's on a different planet to, to the rest of these. Um, her engine is if she puts See, the heroin like a, trade is still going well done in Limerick anyway. <laughs> the way the way she <laughs> the way the way she jumps, she's going to be on a different track to the rest of them after about three flights. I yeah, her jumping her jumping isn't as bad as people think. She really attacks the fences, but again, these yeah, I just mm. I just think at the prices she's she's a machine. Like she like impervious the last really? day only beat um, Journey with Me by half a length. Like Allegory de Vassi would destroy that. Like so. I just think at the prices, mm. I think Allegory de Vassi should be odds on and Impervious should be out past two to one. But that's my take in the race. I think, yeah, I think the money will come for um, Willie Mullins' source. Uh, I give a, I give an outside chance to Magic Daisy each way. I mean, she was impressive at the weekend, beating Dino Blue on a form line with um, yeah. with Impervious. That's She's not, she can't be far off Impervious on a form line through that. So at 12 to one, she's the each way bet. But yeah, Allegory de Vassi, I think she should be an odds on poke and I think she'll win. Yeah, do you know, she may end up that way as well because the fanboys will be all over this. Like, I think Impervious is like the... I know the colours have changed, so maybe that'll increase a bit of market support, of course. But, um, yeah, Allegory de Vassi is, is this hipster thing with nothing to back it up, my view. But, like, that's why, you know, it's, it's on the Friday, so we've got all week to still talk about it, regardless of what goes before. Um, fascinating to see uh, what does happen. All right, look, that's the anti-post picture kind of um, sorted out. Uh, there is a good bit of racing this weekend, and the, the biggest clues are going to come in that Ascot chase. Um, where Shishkin, Fakir Dadari, uh, Pete Dohi, which we've already had a shout out for on here. Um, it's a decent race. It's it's very close to the festival for these guns to be going at each other, isn't it? Yeah, but look at the grade one in its own right. Um, it is, it is. You know, is. this is this is a serious race. I'd be following Keenan here for this one on Pete Dohi. I just think he's the one with the least questions over him. Um, Shishkin would become a bet then for the Ryanair after it. But for the moment, I, I do believe that um, Keane is definitely on on the right track there there with him, 100%. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, who do we think is coming out on top in that match, Gary? It's not really a match. There's other horses in there, but uh, between those two, three, I should say. Yeah, beside him, we picked Dory as well. He just looks really looks improved horse this season. Uh, career best effort last time in the, the Silvino County race. Um yeah, he looks the value. He's, he's, he's the outside of the tree, and um, he probably should be fab, I would say. Um, so he'll do for me. Fair enough. Well, that's kind of three of you all fancying that, because obviously uh, Keen is keen that runs a big race uh, this weekend. We've also got the likes of the Kingwell. We've got a Grand National trial. We've got um, some nice horses out and about. I mean, you can have your pick of them. Dermot, did you want to flag up anything from the weekend at this point? that caught your eye apart from that big race I already spoke about um, not a whole pile there's one on Thursday Dean um, Monty's oh, Pass yeah. who's one that I've put up for the um, Albert Bartlett um, he to me now that, that race between him and um, Monty's Star I keep calling him Monty's I was going to say like the Grand National winner should be retired at this point <laughs> it was Stephen Cass and his his his, his <laughs> subtle digs replied to me on the on the racer one night and said, "Yeah, you're you're really going for the um, the experience angle there with with Monty's pass." But um, Monty's star, sorry, uh, was second last time yes. behind Shambali Kid. Uh, I backed the two of them at 
40 to 1 and 50 to 1 for the Albert Bartlett. Um, this is well and truly tested now on Thursday. This is this is a really good race. Uh, he's 10 to 1 or so for that race um, on Thursday, which is a great two novice hurdle. He's This is the race that Henry de Brom has used for Monley. He's used for Manel Indo um, last season. He used as well, but it didn't quite work out. At 11 to 10 is Corbett Cross, who's the horse that's done very well for Eugene O'Sullivan, is now with Emmett Mullins. We have no idea how good that horse is. The second favourite yeah. is Hidden Valley uh, Lake, who's looked brilliant so far for Henry de Bromhead. And then Monty Starr is Henry de Bromhead's second, um, second in here with Sean Flanagan on board. I think getting six pounds from Hidden in Valley Lake, Monty Starr is very good. Obviously, I'm not in twos that Rachel Blackmore hasn't picked this horse, but I understand why. He's, you know, Hidden Valley Lake has won all his race. Just this, this lad hasn't. Sure. I think this lad will keep improving. And he's just a real test now. Like, it's a good test now before the preview night where either I'm right and I can wax lyrical about the uh, two of them or I have to find a new form line. So it's a very, very good gauge on Thursday at Clomel. But Monty Starr, 10 to 1, in my opinion. Um, is a crack at each way bet because there is eight runners so I think uh, he's a proper pro- proper bet you know fair enough fair enough me and you of course will catch up on Friday and uh, and go through the uh, the weekend runners with all eyes on crack in the big place but of course with the total sponsor our podcast here so I'll get a bit more of your insight over the weekend races um, but I was going to ask Kian. I mean, normally you pick me out something for the weekend, Kian, that looks quite good. I did think it was fascinating to see Next Destination come back for Nicky Henderson. We could see Gallia de Lito um, run. We've also got the race for third and the champion hurdle, which is the Kingwell hurdle, where First Street, Nappers Hill, I like to move it, could all line up. Um, the racing's all right, actually. We're going to get a few more clues here. Yeah, some decent racing. Um, obviously, I've chatted about Pictorio already. I think he's... Uh... He's the bet of the weekend at five to two. If if you're back in Shishkin, I mean, yeah. you need your head checked. I mean, if you look at the the Tingle Creek the last day, I think he jumps the third or second last. He jumps out left into the car park. Has to go left handed Shishkin. Um, can't see him winning this weekend. I trust Nicky Henderson, Keen. I trust no Nicky chance. Henderson if he says Absolutely no Shishkin is back. Shishkin is back. <laughs> well, what, <laughs> yeah, it's a brave game you're playing, Dean. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll just touch on. I'm going to collect of as well, hopefully. <laughs> couple of horses then in the Reynolds Sound novice chase. I think uh, Nick Henderson horse, actually Bold Endeavour, will um, will win. I think he's around a two-to-one shot at the moment. Also in the yep. handicap hurdle at three o'clock, I like the Dan Skelton trained um, West Balboa, who won the one lot the last day. He's only gone up six pounds for that. He travelled all over that field and completely missed the last. He's a, he's a serious engine. I think he could be mid-40s horse. And then I have another one at... Goring on Saturday, the 2.52, a horse called Cairn uh, Fanock. He's, um, he's a handicap mark of 116, and his, he, was go- he was good enough in bumpers last year. Won a bumper at Down Royal, beat Better Days Ahead, who won next time out. Then he won a Mickey Mouse race at Air. And then the last day, they punted, the, punted him off the boards at Punchestown. He was only beaten four lengths by It's What United Us, who beat Embassy Gardens. So off 116, he's seriously one handicapped horse. I think he's mid 120s or um, even could even be 130 source. So yeah, he'd be uh, one to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, Carl Funnick is fascinating in that 252 at Goran Park. You made a good case there for it. It has to be better than 116. Has like, to be, yeah. Has to be better than that, yeah. Yeah, now, we'll take on a few here that are a bit better than that. But of course, handicap is going to be in the right place to move forward. Um, yeah, I like that one. And that West Balboa that you flagged up as well. 
that's in a lovely looking race. Good risk at all and stuff like that. Um, lined up to take that on. Let's ask uh, Gary what he likes for the weekend. We're a few days out, Gary. Yeah, there's two that caught me eye. So the Westwood Ball race, I'm going to be against him. I like the look of Zoffany Bay in that one here uh, for PFI. Um, so he's after arriving from France. He used to be with David Cotton. Um, or David Cotton, as they say over there. Um, so he left there with a big win in Otoy, a £100,000 listed contest. Uh, where he, we had a good few winners in behind a decent field. Um, he just looks lightly in off one two two. I think um, there's plenty of plenty of walk in walk ups in that back. Um, I think he could win here and then maybe possibly rock up to Cheltenham and go in off one of the handicaps there. And the other one I was looking at was the Swinley handicap one true king for Nigel yeah. Twiston Davis. Really liked his run the last time in Cheltenham. It looked a hot race over. At a, probably a trip too short. It was won by El Redito. Um, he made a mistake at the first to just probably put him on the back foot throughout. Uh, but he travelled very well into it and then got out pace when he turned in before staying on again. He was fifth. But a step up and trip. Uh, nice double figure price. He looks a bit of value for me if he, if he takes up his entry. Love that. Love that. Thank you, Gary. You know that three o'clock at Ascot demo? Me and you are going to struggle there, I think, because likes of 50 ball, petite on air. Uh, West Balboa, as the lads mentioned, Zoffany Bay from Peter Fay. Like our play spot perm, could have about nine. Yeah, yeah, definitely have nine legs in that one. Yeah, or sorry, nine options. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you as well that we'll only need Petit on air. <laughs> so we'll still put nine in because we know that I won't be correct. Uh, look, it's been a pleasure having everyone on this week's race hour. We covered lots of topics, of course, um, a little bit of what happened last week and what's happening with the anti post picture across uh, the likes of the Ryanair, the Champion Chase, the Gold Cup. At the Mayor's Chase and a little delve into the weekend ahead. Uh, my thanks go to Gary Connolly, Keen Kirby and Dermot Nolan. Thank you very much. We'll be back on Friday for our um, tote place park cracker, myself and Dermot, and hopefully Jamie Benson. And uh, we'll get stuck into that. Best of luck until then. Thanks for listening.